Uh, so if you were uh, with us at all last week, um, I tried to give us a sense of the literally, literary craft uh, that was happening in the book of Ruth, uh, telling us the story about how uh, Naomi moved from, uh, from emptiness to fullness uh, through that compassionate and the redemptive actions of Ruth and Boaz. Today I'd like to uh, dig a little bit deeper uh, to show us how the storyteller unfolds the story. Uh, this week we're going to work through uh, chapters 1 and 2, noting the character of Naomi and Ruth, recognizing Ruth's uh, kind compassion of God. And then next week, working through chapters 3 and 4, uh, noting the characters of Ruth and Boaz and recognizing Boaz's uh, redemptive love. If you have your Bible along or a Bible app on your phone, uh, I'd invite you to open up uh, to Ruth. You may find it uh, beneficial to follow along as we kind of work through the story. But before we begin, begin uh, let me pray. Uh, God, your word reveals to us your character. Uh, you show us your love. You show us your kindness, your compassion, your redemption, your faithfulness. And we see it through ordinary people just like us. How you work in and through the lives of folks in the Bible. And as we hold up that mirror, it's a calling to us. And so as we hear again, as we hear of Ruth and Naomi and Boaz, help us in their story to see the story you'd like in our lives. And we pray this in the name of Jesus our Lord and Savior. Amen. So Ruth uh, chapter 1, I'm going to read verses 1 to 5. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem and Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah, the other Ruth. And after they had lived there about ten years, both Malon and Kilian also died. And Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. So the book of Ruth begins on a, a tragic note in the span of a few verses we're introduced into this heartbreaking situation. Elimelech decides to leave Judah and head to the despised country of Moab. I mean, what's a husband and father to do? He has to feed his family. But Elimelech's hopes for life in Moab don't materialize. He suddenly dies. And Naomi's thrust into the role of being a single parent in a God-forsaken country with no visible means of support. But a glimmer of hope arises. Her sons marry. Perhaps Naomi won't be destitute. Perhaps they'll provide for her. They marry Moabite women, a most unfortunate circumstance. But what are these young men to do? Except Malon and Kilian also die. And they leave behind their two wives, Orpah and Ruth, and no children. So the situation is desperate. Three widows 
A widow is the most helpless, the most vulnerable person in that society. No job, no life insurance, no pension or social security. Gloom surrounds them. And then Naomi hears there's food again in Bethlehem. So she decides to return home. It may be humiliating. Maybe she'll have to tuck her tail between her legs and go home ashamed of having to ever have moved to Moab in the first place. But she decides to go. And on the road back to Judah, Naomi urges her daughters-in-law to return to their own homes. But they insist that they will return with Naomi. So we begin and we carry on with verse 11. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I'm too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. At this, they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I'll be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. Naomi hears this good news that Yahweh, the Lord, the God of Israel, who attends to his people, came to their aid in Judah. Bethlehem, which means house of bread, has bread again. So Naomi decides to return. Her daughters-in-law prepare to return with her. That verb, return, carries chapter 1 all along. Return occurs 12 times in 17 verses. But on the way, Naomi urges her daughters-in-law to leave her and head back to their mother's homes. Naomi pushes away the two people who seem best positioned to help her. Naomi's bitter. This chapter really has a, a mood of complaint about it. Naomi will never marry again. Naomi won't bear more sons who would be able to fulfill a leveret marriage vow to Orpah and Ruth. She won't have sons that can father sons with Orpah and Ruth so that the family name is carried on. No, Orpah and Ruth should stay in their own country. And then at least they'd have the prospect of getting other husbands. All is emptiness for Naomi. It's more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. I mean, Naomi makes no bones about the fact that the Lord put her in this position. She doesn't lift her chin and proclaim, well, at least the Lord is with me. At least God is in control. No. No, like a good Hebrew, Naomi complains. Faced with an inexplicable series of tragedies, Naomi responds in the only way she can. 
She cries out to God. She lifts her accusations against God. Call me Mara, she says, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. Naomi stands in the company of Job. God is Almighty. And so Naomi complains against God. She perceives God as heavy-handed toward her. But God is still her God. And against the backdrop of Naomi's hopelessness and complaint, the author pushes the story forward with Ruth. Orpah does what Naomi suggests. She returns home. But Ruth does not return. Despite Naomi's urging, Ruth stays. Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Ruth demonstrates in her actions the chesed, the kind compassion of the Lord. Ruth imitates the Lord. Ruth acts as Israel should act. She offers herself to Naomi without any thought to Naomi's deserving. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. Your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There I will be buried. And may the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. Ruth's words, her actions, fulfill the aims of God's covenant. Ruth is doing what God wills for human relationships. What God calls for in human relationships. She practices God's kind compassion. Ruth, the woman from Moab, demonstrates that she's as true as any Israelite because she behaves like one. She lives out the way of Yahweh. They, though Naomi has, has nothing to offer Ruth, Ruth is determined to be loyal to Naomi. The irony here is that Naomi, by urging these daughters-in-law to fend for themselves, talks like a Moabite. But Ruth, who declares her commitment to Naomi and even Naomi's God, talks like an Israelite. Ruth shows us how God's covenant is meant to be lived out in everyday life. In covenant, God promised to remain true to Israel. Covenant is God's model for his people to live toward each other. God wants his people to show each other his kind compassion. So Naomi returned with her daughter-in-law, Ruth the Moabite, with her who returned from Moabite country. Both women are said to return. Naomi returning in bitterness from Moab. Ruth having taken a stand as a true Israelite, acting with this covenant kindness toward Naomi, also returns. And their return quickly turns to hope. We're told that arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. The storyteller hints that Naomi and Ruth might not come home to emptiness. The harvest is on. And the story continues in chapter 2. 
Now, Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man of standing from the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, Go ahead, my daughter. So she went out, entered a field, and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Chapter 2 highlights the actions of Ruth. Verse 2 in the NIV sounds like Ruth is looking for Naomi's permission. I don't think it gives a, a really good sense of what Ruth says. What she says is more like this. I'm going to glean. Ruth is determined to provide for the two of them. She's a diligent young companion, strong enough to do the gleaning, to pick up after the harvesters. In fact, Ruth risks herself for Naomi's sake. A bit later, Naomi will note that the men in the field could be threats to her. But even more, Ruth proves her compassion for Naomi. Again, later, we'll read how she brings home the fruits of her labor. Not only the barley she harvested, but also the leftovers from the meal that Boaz had offered her in the field. All of this is is amazing, given Ruth's social situation. Like Naomi, Ruth is a widow with little prospect in Judah. But even worse, she's a foreigner. In verse 2, 6, and 21, uh, the storyteller speaks of Ruth as the Moabite. As a foreign woman, Ruth has, has no standing. She has no prospects. Verse 2 notes this. I'll go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Ruth, like Naomi, requires more than ordinary kindness from whoever is willing to help. And when Ruth discovers favor from Boaz, she responds with humility. In verse 10, Ruth exclaims, Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Boaz tells her why. He's heard of her kindness to Naomi. Ruth's reputation of kindness has preceded her. So Boaz blesses her kindness toward Naomi by providing her a field in which to glean. Now, was Ruth just lucky to get here? I mean, was her whole situation just a a matter of luck? I mean, verse 3 says, As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz. As it turned out, is this just a, a polite way of saying, Well, Ruth, you sure hit the jackpot here. Uh, Good thing you had luck on your side to get in the right field. No, not at all. Ruth did not get here by chance. The storyteller leaves us clues to reach a different conclusion. The first clue is in verse 1. Now, Naomi had a relative whose name was Boaz. The storyteller hints of what's to come. Ruth will end up in his field, and it will not be by any accident. 2 verse 12 gives us a bit more explicit picture as Boaz blesses Ruth. May the Lord repay you for what you've done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you've come to take refuge. Here's the source of blessing. Yahweh, the covenant God of Israel, spreads his wings over Ruth. 
And finally, in 2 verse 20, the storyteller revisits verse 1 through that filter of verse 12. Naomi realizes the blessings of Yahweh in the form of Boaz. The Lord bless him, she says. Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, he has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. The Lord is the source of blessing. Ruth's well-being is a gift from God. Her blessing's not by luck. The Lord has been at work. Behind the scenes, God orchestrates this gift for Ruth and Naomi. So chapters 1 and 2, the first part of this story, point us toward the way God's blessing comes. It doesn't arrive because we pull up our own bootstraps. It doesn't come because we demand our rights and freedoms. The Lord's blessing comes to those who, like Yahweh, live out His kind compassion in the face of hopelessness and loss ruth acted out god's kind compassion to overcome naomi's tragedy ken Miedema has this song called the riddle song and he begins in this song posing a dilemma he sings i'm on my way on a long long journey and i don't know where the road ends I'm on my way on a long, long journey. Surprises await me around the bend. I mean, so true. Naomi and Elimelech and their sons didn't know what was waiting for them in Moab. They were doing the best they could to find food to feed themselves. I mean, who of us knew what the year 2020 would bring? I mean, who of us expected to be quarantining and masking and keeping physical distance because a, a viral pandemic invaded our lives. But then Ken Miedema offers some insight into how we, we navigate this journey filled with its surprises. He continues, Take my hand and walk beside me. The road is long and brief the rest. Take my hand and walk beside me. The answer to the riddle is a quest. See, how do we make it day by day through a life that brings us circumstances that we are not prepared for? How do we make our way on this journey with Jesus, a journey with our neighbors, when we don't know what's around the bend? If there's anything this coronavirus time teaches us, I hope that we learn to walk beside each other in humble, kind compassion. Ken Miedema points us in this biblical direction as he concludes the song. And the riddle says, Finding leads to losing. Losing lets you find. Living leads to dying. But life leaves death behind. Losing leads to finding. That's all that I can say. No one will find life any other way. The storyteller tells us that what is at stake in the, in the story of Ruth. We find a woman living out the sort of life God commands to Israel. She takes Naomi's hand because she knows that the only way forward is to lose what was. To die to herself. I mean, faced with the choice of doing what was best for Ruth, 
staying in Moab and finding another husband or going with Naomi. Ruth denied herself. And she walked with Naomi. Losing leads to finding. When I lose my life for the sake of the other, I will find the life that God intends for me. Life will always bring us surprises. The only way forward in this journey is through the acts of kind compassion. We live out God's blessing to other people and to the world. Ruth is blessed because she responded to God's kind compassion by bringing that same kind compassion to others. We won't find life any other way. Let's pray together. Lord God, we uh, look at the life of Ruth and we're amazed at the way that you worked in and through her. That here is a woman unfamiliar with the ways of Israel, living the life of Israel. A woman unfamiliar with your kind compassion until she met it in the form of Boaz in a field and good gleaning. And she never lived for herself, but offered herself for the sake of Naomi. Lord God, we know that story. We've been touched by that story through your Son, Jesus Christ, who has shown us that the way forward in life is by losing ourselves to our desires and finding our life in you, dying to ourselves, finding life. Lord God, fill us with your spirit so that we can be your people of kind compassion shown to others. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.